Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events behind the scenes footage and so much more plus you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon it's in you please be in it visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now that's podcast with an s thanks from kqed Earlier this month, a fiscal management team issued a dire warning about the finances of City College San Francisco, the city's two-year community college, which offers free tuition to all city residents. According to the report, the college, quote, can no longer fulfill its commitments to its staff, faculty, administration, and most important, its students, while also remaining solvent. The crisis described is not new to the administration, which announced in March that the school is facing a $33 million budget shortfall for the upcoming academic year. As a result, City College announced that it would cut 163 full-time faculty positions. Students and faculty are rallying to stop these layoffs. The administration says its hands are tied by declining enrollment and fiscal distress. We're talking about the future of City College now, first with Nanette Asimov, higher education reporter with the San Francisco Chronicle. Welcome, Nanette. Thank you. Good morning. Can can we just start with a how did we get here? I mean, I ran through it, but it's this service, this education seems like an essential step for a lot of people. So I'm trying to figure out, for example, why enrollment has declined as much as it has. Right. I mean, in about a decade ago, the school had 90,000 full-time and part-time students. There are 55,000 full and part-time students today. That's a 39% drop. It's, it's really, uh, you know, if you ask the school, they will say, well, we're not in a recession anymore. So people are at work. Uh, and of course, we have been in a recession during the pandemic, but, but people are expecting to go back to their jobs. They um, know that it's going to be over. They're not flocking to the school to get training and, and new um, skills that they did during uh, the longer recession about a decade ago. And so that is one major reason. Also, between 2012 and 2017, there was a tremendous um, accreditation crisis, very similar to what we're ha- is happening now, but the accreditation of City College is not yet in jeopardy uh, and may not be. But that sent students also fleeing um, to schools that were a little bit on firmer uh, financial grounding, and they have not come back, despite what you mentioned, the free classes that were introduced in 2017 to try and bring students back. Hmm. It, what are the departments that suffer the most in the proposed cuts, the cuts that the administration wants to make? Like, where is it going to be felt? Well, it's seemingly across the board. The English as a second language department is 
devastated. Um, you know, 163 full-time faculty received layoff warnings, and um, the you know, hundreds more of the part-time instructors. So this is really city college-wide. The community, um, the fiscal crisis and management assistance team that swooped in and gave this pretty devastating assessment said that uh, the way they put it was correctly sizing staffing for all employees will be clearly the biggest factor in improving city college's fiscal situation. So it's like they need to cut the college or they, the, uh, crisis team is saying that the college needs to um, be cut in half almost. And so that is going to affect everybody. I have to assume that the pandemic has made a lot of this worse, but there's also been a lot going on elsewhere in the college landscape. The not community colleges have changed a lot of rules for admittance. Um, so Community colleges, you know, across the nation and across the state are kind of in a place of struggle right now. Am I correct? You're right about that. But one of the interesting things I think you may have been um, pointing to is that most or many schools are no longer requiring the SAT uh, and the ACT to admit. And so it's become easier in a sense, to apply and get into many other schools. And that may be one reason, um, although a more recent reason why people are not immediately turning to City College. Um, but yes, uh, schools across the country are, are looking at their um, perhaps declining enrollment and saying, what can we do to get these students back? And that, if you talk to the, the uh, faculty here at City College, is what they're saying um, City College needs to be doing instead of cutting, cutting classes and, and uh, instructors. They want City College to aggressively recruit students by any means necessary. And that's what they told me uh, City College ought to be doing rather than downsizing, which they say is going to really destroy the college. Hmm. Nanette Asimov, higher education reporter at the San Francisco Chronicle. Thank you so much for helping us set the stage for a discussion that's going to continue right now. Thank you so much. Mm hmm. And we actually want to hear from you, especially if you are a student at City College. Have your classes been cut? Uh, what are your concerns about this? Give us a call now at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. And you can also get in touch on Twitter and Facebook, KQED Forum, at KQED Forum, or email your questions to forum at kqed.org. Now joining us are John Al-Amin, the Vice Chancellor of City College of San Francisco. Welcome, Vice Chancellor. Hey, good morning. Good morning. I'm, we're also joined by Mary Bravewoman, the math, a mathematics professor at City College and vice president of AFT 2121, who's the union representing City College faculty. But let me ask Vice Chancellor John Al-Amin, what position do you find yourself in? It feels to me like as an administrator here, you are sort of between a rock and a hard place. But explain the position. Well, yeah, it's a very difficult uh, situation for us to be in. It's difficult not only for our students, um, for the community, college, faculty, staff, everyone that's involved. It's uh, been, however, a situation where uh, for the past 10 or some odd years, uh, we've had a variety of different things that have occurred to the college. Um, the pandemic occurring over the past 
year um, has, won't say it has exacerbated everything that's already occurred, but there were numerous things that have happened at the college enrollment. In fact, not just throughout our district, but throughout the state enrollment has been down. Um, what we consider and call the Bay 10 districts enrollment for a number of years um, has been on the decline. Um, for some reason, our decline has been a little bit more significant than on average than some of our counterparts. Um, but some is, you know, the net noted some of the outreach that uh, under the direction of our inner chancellor, Dr. Verdian, that we're currently uh, planning to undertake, hopefully will address uh, not only getting the word back out to the city, our high school students and others who are interested in taking uh, classes at City College so that we can do something that will allow us to rebound and begin to have some enrollment growth. And is this a situation where something has been going on for years and years, a, a way of managing a college that maybe needs to change? And this is sort of like the sort of first broad stroke of a new way of thinking about how to run the college? I won't say it's a, a new broad stroke. I think, you know, the college, the report that came out from FICMAT on April 7th highlighted a number of issues that are similar to what was reported during their report from 2012. And a lot of it deals with how do we deal with our structural deficit spending. Uh, unfortunately, during a time when we were declining in enrollment, we actually began to expand our fixed costs which in turn with decreasing revenue leads to a structural imbalance. And that's in a sense where we have found ourselves over the past few years, we've been able to use one-time funds and other short-term one-time measures to kind of address and to solve our imbalance. But we've gotten to a point where we no longer have those resources. Um, we still are experiencing a decline in enrollment. Hmm. Um, we currently are on hold harmless uh, and re also receive stability funding from the state, which amounts to roughly about $10 million um, for this fiscal year. Um, so we have funding that's allowing us to run additional classes to provide uh, more access for the community. But our, the enrollment numbers uh, as a part of those efforts just aren't happening. And so some of those things that have happened previously have been ongoing um, our statewide average, in fact, our salary and benefit costs are well over 90%. Um, and it's very difficult to run and operate a college when you don't have the flexibility to do increased marketing or increased outreach uh, mm -hmm. and other things which are staples mm -hmm. of us being able to not only maintain enrollment, but be able to grow our programs and our services. Um, so that's, that unfortunately has, you know, led us to, you know, where we had to, uh, uh, make a recommendation to the board um, to initiate layoffs. And yeah. we're still working, hoping that we can get some concessions and they can mitigate some of the layoffs. But when you have roughly almost 93% of your budget, total budget, that's based upon personnel costs, unfortunately, that's the most significant place that you need to go in order yeah. to try to generate some flexibility and, and, and savings. Got it. Let me turn to Mary Bravewoman, mathematics professor at City College. I assume you've got sort of a different take on what could be done to fix this situation. Am I correct? Yes. Good morning. And thank you um, for taking the time to um, 
uh, bring uh, our struggles to light. Sure. And we're going to let me just tell you, Mary, we're going to talk about this, you know, for the rest of the hour. We're going to go to a break in a couple of minutes. But I do want to hear what your take on how to get the college out of this situation is right now. Sure. I think, um, you know, one of the first things that that needs to be addressed is this, um, you know, uh, the recruitment uh, uh, or lack of recruitment of, of students. Um, you know, uh, we we used to send out a schedule to every home in San Francisco. That's the way I found my that's how I found my way to City College as a student, um, you know, some 30 years ago. And uh, we don't do that. We used to uh, we used to post a, uh, a PDF of the schedule online for students to to download and browse. We don't do that anymore. Our registration system has only gotten more difficult over the years, and and that's a turnoff to students. Um, We have had uh, faculty, people with advanced degrees, try to get through our registration system and and fail in frustration. Mm. Uh, So so that's one area that definitely needs um, support. In addition, we have... um, you know, we we are chronically underfunded. The community college system in the in the state is chronically underfunded, and you know this is um, okay. this is an issue um, that San Francisco leaders have recognized that that public education in the state has um, is is insufficient. Um, is the funding from the state is insufficient, and okay. that's why they implemented a supplement to San Francisco. Uh, unified and, okay. and or San Francisco Unified, but there's let, nothing let, similar. Mary, let's pick up where you're leaving off right here. After a break, we're talking about the future of City College in San Francisco. This is Forum. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Brian Watt. We are talking about the future of City College San Francisco. Mary Brave Woman before the break was in the middle of it talking about a lack of funding really across the statewide community college system. Um, I wanted to ask you, Mary Brave Woman, you are a mathematics professor at the college. So before, before the pandemic, you know, declining enrollment is definitely an issue, but can you see that? Does the campus look less crowded? Do your classes have fewer people in them? Um, I just want to, I want to understand if this is something that is palpably felt on the campus. Yes, I, I have, um, uh, my classes are full and, and you know, the mathematics, uh, program turns away students, um, every semester because we're at capacity. There are lots of programs that are, um, that, that are slated for, um, for cuts that are full and have full wait lists. Mm. So, so um, yes, there are fewer students and we offer less than we did a decade ago when, um, you know, when we were at our height of enrollment. Mm. So, um, 
Okay. So, yeah. So, so we offer less, there are fewer students. Got it. Juliana writes to us, as a long-term CCSF student, I think the lower enrollment is because of the reduction of classes. I am considering taking courses in the Peralta system because CCSF has decimated the classes that I want to take. Um, along those lines, I actually want to go to some callers. We've we've got quite a few on the line who would love to talk. Um, Keith in San Jose, what's on your mind? Hi, um, I was a C student, 2.0 from Lowell High School, but I want to be a doctor. And uh, because of the writing clinic and the uh, pre-Chem uh, 1A transfer uh, classes, um, I eventually got a 3.6 graduate with honors from CCSF, got accepted to UCSF uh, School of Pharmacy and got my doctorate of pharmacy, became a registered pharmacist and was able to buy a house. Hmm. So I'm so grateful for City College of San Francisco, but I never had uh, a trouble going from Chem 1A to Chem 1B. There was never like a wait list. I so see. I think City College has shot itself in the foot uh, by making free classes and then making uh, getting rid of all the teachers, which is going to make the problem worse. But if City College can send um, a letter uh, to all previous alumni, I'm sure many of us would be glad to donate something. Mm. John Al-Amin, Vice Chancellor, uh, would you have anything to say back to Keith? Well, uh, Keith, well, thank you and uh, congratulations on your successes. Um, and glad that City College was able to be a, a part of your journey. Um, we have a new uh, public information officer. Um, and one of her duties and tasks uh, we've discussed is also to reach out to alumni and to others um, in order to get additional support for the college programs and services. Um, we do believe alumni are a critical network for us. I think in part of our scheduling, uh, we are looking at uh, making sure that we offer a class or we offer classes where we can maximize our enrollment, we can serve uh, the most students and community members that we can, um, but again, as we've noted, it, it is a difficult battle uh, with limited resources, as Mary has pointed out. Uh, it would be great if the current funding model were a little bit different, um, but we are required with the resources that we do earn to schedule them effectively. And that's one of the things that we'll be looking and what we have been working on, not only for the upcoming schedule, but with our five-year plan, we'll continue to utilize scheduling that will maximize the amount hmm. of sections and offerings that we have for our students. A currently enrolled student, Chris, in San Francisco is on the line. Chris? Hi. Um, I am uh, trying to get a certificate in scripting, and I had a enormously hard, the harder, hardest time registering than, than I've ever had in the past. Uh, the first two tries that I, I tried i couldn't even see the schedule just to try and see the schedule and read to find the classes it took me four separate days of a couple of hours trying to get through to get my registration i'm still not sure quite how i did it but i did do it <laughs> i was afraid that something like this was going to happen and my professor teaching non-scripting screen uh non-fiction screenwriting did get his pink slip and he has a ton of other classes. He's a tenured professor. I raised this issue at the board meeting, and the response was they would talk to their tech people. Um, 
if you look at Skyline's website, the first thing you see is browse the schedule for classes. And their enrollment actually went up, one of the few in the state. Mary Bravewoman, mathematics professor, do you hear from students uh, like Chris uh, uh, about frustrations with just doing some of the basic stuff? Absolutely. Um, I have received several emails just in the last couple of weeks from people trying to register for summer classes and being um, told that they're, that while they have a ticket for registration, when they go to the system, it tells them that the ticket is invalid. Um, and they're asking me to hold spots for them in, in a summer class um, because they're, they're not being able to get in the way um, they're supposed to. Hmm. I want to bring in Gordon Marr, San Francisco supervisor, District 4. Supervisor Marr, welcome. Let me ask you, uh, if anything can be done by the city to help the college with these budget issues. Sure. Thank, thank you so much, Brian, for this, for this really important discussion this morning. Um, I, you know, I did want to start just by maybe stating the, you know, what, what's assumed by everyone, but, but I think it's important to just to bring up as, and that's the importance of city college, you know, for our city residents and our local economy um, City College serves an extremely diverse student body population, including a large proportion of low and moderate income students of color. And um, well, we know that one third of City College students are young people under 24, 20% are actually older, older adult students. And, you know, we also know that students who transfer to a four year degree program and, and, and also those who complete uh, the City College's career education and vocational programs experience significant economic benefits throughout their lives, including substantially higher earnings, lower unemployment rate, and, and less need to rely on safety net programs. Um, and um, also City College's non-credit and lifelong learning programs provide important benefits to our diverse communities as well. In English as a second language, art and music classes for older, and, and classes for older adults are extremely popular with my constituents in the Sunset District and throughout our city. Mm. And as our city moves forward into recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic, it's more important than ever to maintain access to city colleges, essential classes and programs for our residents, especially those who've been economically impacted and really need to upgrade their skills to get back to work, mm. but really for everyone who's, who's been suffering the impacts of social isolation for over a year. And what are you trying to push the city to do? Like this yep. is obviously in your district, you have a vested interest in this. So where does the city go with this? Yeah. Well, the, you know, the, the financial challenges or even crisis facing City College are longstanding and, and complex as, you know, the previous speakers have, have highlighted. But I do think there's an important role and I believe a responsibility for our city government to support the college to address its financial challenges, really because the such drastic cuts to city college classes and programs and faculty layoffs that are being contemplated right now will have such widespread negative impacts on the lives of so many um, diverse residents and communities. Um, uh, so, you know, I and, and again, this especially as we move forward towards recovery, you know, we really need to 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 ensure that we maintain access to city college classes right now. So, last year, the board of supervisors created the Workforce Education and Recovery Fund as a framework for investing in City College to support our residents and our city's economic recovery. Um, but due to the major budget deficit 
Last year facing our city, we were only able to make a modest funding allocation to the fund and to City College. But in the past few weeks, I've been in discussions with City College leadership, including Vice Chancellor Elamine and also AFT, you know, the faculty union and some of my colleagues on the board, as well as other city leaders on a plan to create a plan to provide immediate financial support to City College to maintain access to essential classes and programs. And while the details, including the amount, are still under discussion, we're looking, really looking at how we can support high demand classes that, that really support our, our city's economic recovery, recovery right. such as healthcare or English as a second language, right. while also supporting the college to address its long-term challenges, namely growing enrollment. Okay. Uh, Supervisor Marr, thank you very much for spending a little time with us. There are a lot of people on the line. I want to make sure we get to them, including another student who actually happens to be a journalist with the City College newspaper, The Guardsman, Annette Mullaney. Uh, You um, have not just studied at City College, I gather. Um, what, What is this moment like for students in the campus? Um, I would say there's a range of reactions. You know, some students are coming in, taking one class. Uh, You know, I'm in some classes with other students. This is the first class they've ever taken at City College. And so they're kind of bewildered by the conversation that's going on. Um, But a lot of other students are fearful that their programs are going to get cut or it's going to take them longer to get through. Um, A lot of students are angry. There was a march in the Mission District, uh, I believe, a week ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's some students who are organizing. Um, The associated students have said they're trying to organize with students from other community colleges to lobby the state to change the funding formula. I see. Adam tweets at us, the representative for the faculty union is blaming chronic underfunding by the state as the reason for its budget woes. No, it's because of extremely poor mismanagement of funds by the college and board administration. Also got a comment in from Jen. Why are you simply going along with the state chancellor's recommendation to shrink CCSF? And why are these cuts happening so fast and haphazardly, resulting in students who clearly won't be able to graduate as planned, despite what the administrators are saying? Um, We have another student on the line, Jimmy in San Francisco. Jimmy. Hi, aloha. Um, I am a student now at San Francisco State University, and uh, I was at CCSF when the pandemic started. Um, First of all, a shout out to all the teachers there. Um, The work that you do is just integral for (laughs) where I am right now. Um, And it's just a shame that funding is being cut, people are being laid off. Um, if it wasn't for CCSF, I wouldn't be on my way to my master's degree now. Mm, wow. And and so would you be one of those students who started at CCSF and you, you were there pre-pandemic, but because of sort of the change in the landscape, you wind up at SF State, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Am I correct, Jimmy? Oh, definitely not a bad thing. Um, a lot of our teachers at CCSF uh, pulled together um, everything they could to transition their classes from in-person to online. And they're just stuck in the middle, you know, and to see them laid off, I still keep in contact with all of my professors there. Um, And it's just so sad to watch. Um, They work really hard. Let me um, go back to um, Annette Mullaney, um, 
are you hearing also from people who were at CCSF but have moved on? Um, in terms of leaving because of the pandemic or leaving because of uh, cuts to classes, not necessarily. Um, but at you know, board of supervisors, board of trustee meetings, there has been tons of public comments from people who went to CCSF, transferred, and really credit the university um, as being an important stepping stone on their academic journey and are calling in just devastated by the cuts. Mm -hmm. I, I know that you are a journalist, but now I'm asking you, Annette, to just be a student and tell me what you think that the administration should do in this moment. Oof. Um, it's definitely hard to say that as a student. I mean, the university has suffered from a structural budget deficit. Um, you know, I, I do not envy anyone in the administration's position right now. Um, I think there should be more conversation with students. A lot of students feel left out. Um, and I think there should be a present, a more transparent presentation of a plan. So I think that's one thing that really upsets students is some accept that some classes may have to be cut but what is the basis upon which they're being cut? And what is the plan for getting enrollment even up to the levels that the administration says are the goals for the future years? Mm -hmm. Another caller on the line, Marie in San Francisco. Hi, uh, thank you so much for having me. Um, I actually ran for CCSF board uh, in 2020. And so I have a unique perspective on this. Um, CCSF is a gem that I hope can be saved. The teachers there are fantastic, and this is an institution that has a huge impact on San Franciscans. The students uh, greatly benefit. Uh, the problem is not so much that there isn't enough money. The problem is wild and massive ongoing mismanagement. We are looking at now four years of deficit spending. Uh, last year, the or in 2019, when the uh, school was operating at a 26% loss, the board decided to give the administration a 10% raise. Now, that's a serious, serious mismanagement, mm -hmm. uh, a sign of mismanagement. And what I learned as a candidate running is that um, I, I have experience, I've, I'm uh, on the Regents uh, at Georgetown University, so when I saw what was happening at CCSF, I decided to run because I thought I could help. Mm -hmm. I assumed everyone else running would sort of come from the same perspective. As it turned out, almost every one of them has a political resume and not a, any experience, none whatsoever in Got running it. massive $300 million complex institutions. So the input is highly correlated to the output. The output being a failing institution, the input being people who have zero experience running a massive institution. So we, we have a serious structural problem here and, and you can look at the Board of Education and it's really come to light there. Yeah, We have people running for these positions because they want to make a name for themselves Got and it. move on to higher office. Let me, let me get um, Vice Chancellor John Al-Amin back in here. Uh, we're getting close to the end of the hour and I wanna give him a chance to respond to some things. Uh, she mentioned the sort of cost of giving a raise uh, to administrators. Also, I'm seeing a comment from Tim recalling board approving lifetime health care for virtually every employee. Um, how, how does an administration figure out where the costs need to be cut? 
Well, Brian, um, we've taken a look at our current cost structure. Uh, I think, as I mentioned earlier, um, roughly almost 93, 94% of our budget is tied to salaries and benefits. And as we look at the, the components of that, at roughly faculty are roughly about 59%. Administrators are less than six. 25% um, of our classified, uh, actually with the various classified units, they make up the balance and that's roughly about 35%. So the, the administrators, uh, we as we looked at how we could kind of manage these cuts and of course the remainder is for our operating expenses, basically lights, water, uh, mm -hmm. you name it. And so as we talk about a 33, which now with some unemployment increases or roughly a $35 million budget deficit, um, it's almost, it's, it's very clear that we have to go to our, our personnel areas in order to make these changes. If not, we won't be able to survive. So we're trying to do our very best to make sure that these cuts um, are going to be fair, they're equitable, and do the best we can to resolve our structural issues. That is Vice Chancellor John Al-Amin, City College of San Francisco. We also heard from Mary Bravewoman, mathematics professor at City College, Annette Mullaney, student journalist with the City College newspaper. I am Brian Watt. We have been talking about the future of City College San Francisco, and this is Forum. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.